Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time for the Say Hey Podcast, your San Francisco Giants podcast for the real ones. Available wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at Say Hey Podcast and like our page on Facebook. It is episode 70 of the Say Hey Podcast. This is Doug Hayes, a.k.a. Say Hey Doug. It is March 10th, 2022. I am joined by Say Hey Rob and Steven Risotto. Guys, baseball is back. Finally. Baseball is back. And I'm back. I've been on this stuff in like 10 days, so I feel pretty good to be back. And we did not plan this. Doug and I were going to come on here tonight and talk about... uh, some roster breakdown stuff, but both sides came to an agreement, and now here we are, and with the great Steven Risotto. Yeah, what's going on, guys? Appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, I'll echo for the millionth time tonight, baseball's back. So I think we're all excited about that, um, and I, I think we're all looking forward to a full 162 games. So that was kind of icing on the cake for me. For Damn sure, straight. man. Uh, man what a frustrating like last few weeks and we and by the way you know uh if you're hearing this tomorrow on friday uh on podcast this is the first time we're doing a live stream podcast so a little little bit of history rob pretty pretty cool for say hey pod and i just want to say because i know i know this crossed your mind in the last couple weeks i'm really sorry that you weren't able to be here for episode 69 yes you you know what i had multiple people especially (laughs) shout out to our our longtime friend josh haskell who's like rob you're not gonna be on episode 69 and i'm like you know what because it was a two-parter and i wasn't on 68 so 68 and 69 ran together and yeah it didn't hit me until he texted me i'm like wow that that hurts me you know pretty deep but it's okay that's not nice yeah it's okay like it, it was my it was my bad i had things going on and yeah but i missed i thought i was only missing 68 but in the I end know. i missed 68 and 69 I'm well sorry. we had renzi regadon on from giant perspective who writes for prospects for around the foghorn and you know things just went long man so we had to split it into two unfortunately so i'll never forgive myself for that so rob i just want to publicly apologize uh, that i took that blessing away from you i'm sorry 169 i will not miss it i promise <laughs> all right when we're 40 uh <laughs> no i'm playing hey but you know back on the yes we're, we're live right now on giants chatter make sure you're on giants chatter uh link in the description below but man guys baseball's back and i think we were just at like the 100 day uh you know bar of the lockout i pr- i'm pretty sure today was day 99 or 100 um you know with this collective bargaining 
uh, lockout between the owners and the player union. And it's just been, it's just been a whirlwind because, you know, we can go back to, and Rob and I covered it a couple episodes ago. Uh, I think it was episode 67 where it was, you know, we, we were bitching and moaning about, you know, why did it take six weeks for anybody to meet um, and get things going? And, you know, if it were to go beyond this point and really, and we'll go into details in a minute, but like really go beyond and, and affect the season, the regular season, knowing that they delayed the start of this process like that. I just, I don't know if I could ever forgive baseball for that. Does that, does that make sense? I don't know. Steven? Yeah, no, I, I think a lot of people echo the same thing that, you know, you're echoing. I think it was absolute madness when Rob Manfred went up on the podium and said, you know, we're canceling the first two series of the year or whatever it was. And everybody just kind of thought back to um, that entire stretch of December, January, where nothing happened. And I understand that the holidays, you know, everybody wants to kind of take a break and, replenish through the holidays but you know january 3rd january 4th like why aren't we getting back to the table there and i think the answer is that there's really no urgency between the two sides um or i guess between major league baseball who didn't make the proposal uh, as they were the ones that had implemented the lockout so um it should have never gotten to this point and i hope it's a wake-up call for any future negotiations to start negotiating you know, right when this lockout or a strike is imposed, because that's pretty unacceptable. And, um, you know, it, it sucks. I think it did hurt baseball's image for sure. And um, that's something that uh, will not be easy to, uh, they got a lot to prove because baseball right now, in terms of the four sports, you can argue that they're third and you can make a strong argument that they're third behind the NBA in the NFL. But at the end of the day, they got a deal done and would like to see it a little bit sooner though. For sure. Uh, third, third may be generous, man. I mean, yeah. <laughs> NFL, NBA. And, you know, I really think uh, here in the United States, I, I would argue UFC has a strong argument for number three. I just me. Uh, I uh, what do you hockey. think, Rob? Oh, you know, hockey's tied with, (laughs) with baseball for fourth or fifth. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm weird. Like hockey. I love playoff hockey. Dude. I'm a big golf guy too. And I love the PGA tour. Like even when tiger is not playing, even that I'm into it. UFC. I'm not a big UFC guy, but like last weekend, a good card. Yeah. I watched it, but baseball should never be any lower than number three. Like Steven was saying. And you can make a strong case that it is a fringe three, you know, four possibly battling with, uh, with the NHL. And you guys already mentioned the six week, uh, we're not talking to you. Oh, I'm not talking to you thing that they went through. And to me, all that was, that was just a slap in the face to the fans and owners. know they don't generate a lot of, revenue in april and may it's early in the year it's not a big deal they make their tv money but it takes till about baseball is a summertime sport that's why it's america's pastime you know yeah everybody rallies around baseball when there's then when they have free time there's nothing else going on and it was just very it was palpable that they didn't care that they didn't get a deal done until 
you know, mid-April. Or not not a deal done, but we were going to start until mid-April, late May, or even later than that. So, yeah, as a fan, I was pretty offended by all that, but I'm glad they got it done. You know, I've been pissed the last two weeks. <laughs> Calling out the players, calling out the owners. I hate. I was pissed at both of them, but yeah. At the end of the day, I'm glad they're playing, and you know, let's go. You know, and before we get into specifics, um, you know, and I've been saying too, like at this point, it was like players hold your ground, go get, you know, at least close to what you guys really want, because uh, I, you know, and we don't need to go off into the weeds, but you know, it felt like. A lot of this holdup was because owners were just kind of like, you know, well, this is what we're doing and this is what we're sticking to. Um, but I, I really feel like the players and Steven and I talked about it before we hopped on here. Um, you know, in the last two weeks, you saw a lot of progress in the players advancement on um, details that they wanted done in this new collective bargaining agreement. And um, because, you know, we had that night like two weeks ago where uh, Bob Nightingale kind of resurrected, came back from the dead. Um, and, you know, this thing went like into the late night. And, hey, is there a deal that's going to get done? Obviously, it didn't that night. Um, but, you know, from where the uh, details and numbers were then to today when this finally got approved, uh, the players made a lot of, uh, you know, they paved a, a big way um, in making advancements these last couple weeks. I thought that was a big deal for sure. So, um, you know, we'll get into some specifics here because, uh, man, I'm just excited because so spring training is going to start basically what tomorrow. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, th- I think they have three days to report, but I think guys will start showing up tomorrow, showing up tomorrow uh, game or not game, but like official like workouts begin Sunday. Um, the 13th Some, it's March 10th. Yeah. So that's in three days. That's crazy. But I mean, you gotta, you gotta figure most of these guys are ready to go. Um, been wanting to go. And then I believe the first spring training games will be, uh, March 17th or 18th. So next Thursday or Friday. And I know they're working out the schedule of all that. So I think it's okay that we don't have a set date on that, but, um, you know, leading up into the season the giants open up at home, April 8th against the Miami Marlins. Uh, can't wait for that. going to be fun. Uh, but, you know, we're looking at just under three weeks about of spring training. You guys think that's long enough? Three weeks? Yes, absolutely. Spring training is way too long as it is. Um, I guess what I would say, and I was, we were talking about this a little bit off air, but Spring training is a little too long, but I think definitely three, you know, two, three weeks. It needs to be a little longer than that. So I think at the point of, um, you know, maybe four weeks, it does not need to be, you know, a month. You know, I don't think it needs to be a month at all. Um, I think the main thing is you got to get your pitchers in shape. You got to get your hitters timing down, Um, you know, and back to the pitchers. They need to fill up some innings, get some pitches in. And I think the the biggest thing is obviously front offices need to decide who's going to make their team, you know, because yeah. we don't know that yet. We don't know where guys fit. You know, we don't know the 26th guy on the roster, maybe the 13th, 14th pitcher they're going to bring uh, to uh, to opening day. So that to me is probably the biggest reason why spring training is so long. But 
I think for now players are ready. I think a lot of them have been throwing on the side. I think a lot of them have been doing live at bats with other professional players. I mean, these guys know each other. They're well connected. You know, you don't need to, you know, dial the phone the old fashioned way. You could just send a guy a text and meet up with them at a local field and boom, you have yourself uh, some quality work. So I think the quality you play at the beginning of the year should be fine. People will be ready and uh, we'll get ready for some, some early baseball here in April. Or is it early? It's probably not early at this point. <laughs> April eighth. I mean, that's yeah. that's pretty early. That's pretty early. Yeah, that's pretty shocking to me that it, it, April eighth, like, it still ended up getting a legitimately, you know, reasonable reasonable date on the schedule. Yeah. So well, you know, I I agree. I think three weeks is fine. I know a lot of, and again, something we talked about before we came on here. I think spring training is mainly for. You know, it, yes, it's important for everybody. It's important for the young prospects to get some, you know, legit action. Um, but to me, it's a it's ramping up pitches for pitchers, and that's what spring training is for. And you know, yeah, these guys have already been throwing. Um, you know, they're ready to go. You know, instead of you know fifteen pitches to you know your next start, you're gonna go out and throw thirty. You know, maybe we'll see twenty five right off the bat and ramp it up to 45 the next time i mean they're gonna be able to get three to four starts probably still before um you know getting into the regular season so and let's I hope think that joey bart is a quick learner by the way like yes. joey bart's gonna need to you know this is joey bart's time to learn the pitchers and spring training is really important for catchers to establish those relationships so that's something to look out for let's get into details real quick about this new CBA. And then I kind of want to talk at the end about, you know, uh, the giants and what this means, because, you know, by the time we're done recording this, who knows, man, cause free agency is live baby. And so are the trades and we can, you know, we can start seeing some moves as soon as now. So, uh, finally, uh, GMs can make some moves, but you know, some, some details, some of the main things that really got hashed out in this, um, number one, uh, the $50 million pre-arbitration bonus pool. Now, this is uh, this is something that the players were really fighting for to get guys that have, you know, produced and uh, done great things on the major league field, um, you know, before they're even arbitration eligible. Because, you know, under old CBA format for years, you can get guys up there that are, you know, 21, 22, 23 years old, but, you know, they're still very much pre-arbitration level and they're not really getting rewarded for their play on the field. And so this is what the players really were fighting for. This is one of their main topics. They wanted to hash out and get figured out in this new CBA. So, um, you know, this could be a couple years ago. This would have been a great example for uh, um, a Mike Yastrzemski, you know, in 2019 hit 20 home runs. He was pre-arbitration. Then uh, he would have been paid for it. He would have been, you know, that bonus pool, you get paid for doing a certain amount based off of your statistics, not your time of service. That's um, so, you know, uh, Stephen, we'll start with you. Kind of kind of go into what you think about um, this $50 million pre-arbitration bonus pool. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely something that baseball needed. I, I think that if if you're putting up numbers in your first year, or if, you know, if you win a rookie of the year award with monster numbers, like, you know, let's say you're Mark McGuire hitting 49 home runs in 1988 or whatever it was, and you know, breaking the home run record for single season as a rookie, 
and you're getting paid the league minimum, which in 2021 was what was it, 600? 600 it was something? like, yeah, it was five something. I think it was 570. 570. Yeah. And you're, you know, you got these endorsement deals starting to come in and, um, you know, you got all these people behind you get, you win rookie of the year, you get MVP votes and you're getting paid the league minimum. I don't think that's fair, you know, because right. if, if we're promoting a society where if you're good at what you do, you get paid more. How is it fair that, you know, a, a young player uh, is sidelined by the fact that he just doesn't have enough service time? I think that's complete and utter stupid uh, stupidity. And I'm glad that uh, there, there's some uh, there's some fixing that happened to that system. So uh, I, I think it's definitely a positive to, to start seeing some of the young guys paid. And I think it's even awesomer that we get to see some of the veteran guys fighting for that. Max Scherzer did not need to be anywhere near there. Francisco Lindor did not need to be anywhere near negotiations. But these guys, the fact that they care so much about the future of the game and the future of the young players and how they don't want them to go through what they went through, that's pretty awesome. I mean, I think that's the silver lining. It's a great point because... I, I think I said this last week. Max Scherzer is probably not going to be around the next time a CBA negotiation is going on. And he was vocally, you know, the guy in this whole process, you know, um, fighting for the young guys. Uh, Rob, what, what's your what are your thoughts on the bonus pool? No, I think it's a great move. Um, you guys made a good point about Scherzer and guys like Francisco Lindor, people like that being in there, you know, kind of kind of fighting for this. A lot of Scott Boris clients, but yeah, we can get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, which you know, that's a that's a whole different story. But yeah, then you know, it reduces the likelihood of. We all know the story about Chris Bryant being brought up just after the deadline, to where okay, well, if we bring him back to this date, we don't have to pay him until this date because he was young, and the same thing happened with uh, Vlad Junior, I believe. So. Yeah, th- this needed to be addressed, and for all the going back and forth between the, the owners and, and the players, like that was my biggest thing where I was, you know, on the on the player side because, yeah, I mean, I got Buster Posey, you, you know, when he when he got called up in in 2010, he was the best or arguably the most valuable player on that Giants team. Yeah, you know, coming up mid season, you know, and tra- getting rid of a guy like Benji Molina who was you know, well-respected throughout the game, but Posey's presence changed everything. And lo and behold, they go on a winter world series. So yeah, that was something that really needed to be changed. And the players got a, got a right on that one. And it's long overdue in my opinion. Great points. Great points by both of you. Um, you know, staying on the money train, which of course, because a lot of this is centered around the dollar and, um, you know, so, I think Steven, you already touched on it. Thank you, Steven. That's a great dollar. I'm sure you worked hard for that. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh. So yeah, I, I, I'm like 99% sure. And if someone's wrong, correct me. That's fine. That the previous minimum salary was $570,000. I'm pretty sure I saw that. I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Um, but starting next year in 2020 or this year in 2022, due to new CBA rules, um, it's going to be 700000 which is a significant jump um, for, you know, those younger guys that are, um, you know, arbitration eligible, basically. So, you know, once you're arbitration eligible, you can start making decent amount of money. Um, and it's going to increase by $20,000 per year after that. So uh, also another 
important factor in these new CBA rules. You guys want to go into more about that or you want to move on to the next topic? Now we we can move on. They're all making money now. Yeah. I I didn't think that that was a huge, I I thought I was shocked when they were like divided on that by like 50 grand, like really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Um, Good point. Um, Another one, this one we can talk about because this is, this is important because this affects, you know, baseball teams. Um, the new collective bargaining, the threshold, the tax threshold will be $230 million this season, 2022. Last year it was 210. That's a jump of $20 million for those who are counting. Um, but, uh, you know, if you factor that in, that's like saying, Hey, you can add a pretty damn good baseball player and not hit that luxury tax threshold. Um, and, Annually, after each year, it's going to go up. So next year, be two hundred thirty-three mil. Two thousand twenty-four, be two thirty-seven, two forty-one, two forty-four. So um, I know the players started off like in the two sixties, two seventies. The the um, owners wanted to actually go lower, I believe, because of their you know loss in revenue from the COVID year. Um, <laughs> but you know, recent talks, recent numbers. Exactly, I know, I know. Uh, but they they came pretty close to you know agreeing on what they wanted. So uh, talk about how this is going to affect the game. You know, raising there is no salary cap in baseball, but you know that lax that luxury threshold, that tax threshold. Um, Rob, what are your thoughts on this? What you think these numbers are good? Um, I think they're I think they're okay, but. I believe the biggest holdup on that was teams like the Diamondbacks and the Rockies, the Pirates, the A's, teams like that who aren't really pushing the uh, the dollars every offseason to put a winning product on the field. And I can see how that was a big divide between the uh, players and the owners and probably within the owners you know, in the room. You know, teams like the Yankees and the Giants and the Dodgers, the Red Sox, you know, they – bump that shit up it's okay because because <laughs> we're, we're gonna spend we you know we want to win every year that's the expectation but you know i i, th- I think they got it to to a to a fair amount you, you know to, you know to an extent it remains to be seen whether teams like the pirates i, I guess you could probably throw the royals in there too there, there was like eight owners i know who were who were really against that and that was that was holding things up for quite a bit so hopefully you know hopefully there's a little more urgency because you know doug you and i do we're sacramento kings fans and we had that same we had that same issue a a couple years ago with the Kings signing guys like Dwayne deadman to huge deals because they had to spend money and they had to overpay for guys so they wouldn't get in trouble and it was it was awful you know uh, george hill was one of those guys too so this is a big thing in sports. We don't see it a lot as fans. I'm sure if you're a Diamondbacks fan or a Pirates fan, you know you see it more more often. But and get pissed about it. But no, I think they came to a, a pretty fair agreement on that. What do you think, Stephen? Yeah, no, I I agree for the most part. I think that this this is you know relatively fair. It's obviously not what the players wanted, and uh, obviously if you go up that. If you if you pass that two hundred and thirty uh, million dollars, you have to pay the the um, 
the tax that I think it's like a 20 or 30% tax. I don't know if it's different now. Um, the penalty. I know yeah, before it was like the first year it's 15%. The next year it's like yeah. 20%. And then if you get under yeah. it, it resets. I'm sure we'll find out more about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think if, if you go over it by like 20 or 30 million, then there's the surtax that you have to do. I don't know. I have to look, but, um, I, I I do want to touch on the motion, the notion that owners, you know, figured that they were losing money the last few years and maybe the last two years, but 2019, they were fine and dandy. They had more gains than they had ever before. Um, yeah. 2020, I mean, who didn't lose any money in 2020? Who didn't, you know, not just in baseball, but just in the country, who didn't, you know, walk away from that year saying, I did really good financially. And the fact that like <laughs> billionaires, you know, billionaires who own baseball teams, they they're lucky in a sense because they get to say that publicly and people will hear. There's people that, you know, that can't say that because they don't have a voice, but billionaires that own teams, but that's a different conversation. But, um, and by the way, they just dropped out a, uh, a big time money deal with Apple TV that like accidentally fell out of their pockets. I think that was strange timing as they're pleading and whining about mm -hmm. all their losses. They end up with a billion dollar Apple TV deal. So ha ha ha. Um, but <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I think that this was one of their biggest issues and, um, I thought this would be the thing that would hold them up. Uh, but obviously I think teams need to be more incentivized to win. And uh, I, I hope teams get very close to that threshold. I really do. Yeah. We want a competitive uh, product on the field. You know, the funny thing is I'm looking at the current giants payroll and give or take a few, you know, numbers here, but I'm pretty sure it currently stands at 107 million, which means that they would have $123 million to spare before even getting penalized for it. Um, you know, so, and we'll talk at the end about, you know, free agency and trades, but giants can do a lot of moves here in the, uh, very new future. So this can be exciting times and I'm super stoked for the upcoming weeks. Um, The Say Hey Podcast is sponsored by Manteca Bedquarters. Whether you're located in the Bay Area or the Central Valley, head out to Manteca and visit Manteca Bedquarters for great rates on mattresses from Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, and other top brands. Manteca Bedquarters also has bedroom furniture and bedding accessories. Located on the corner of Main and Yosemite in Manteca, visit MantecaBedquarters.com for more details. Another thing uh, included in this new CBA is we finally have a lottery. And Rob and I t talked on this, um, touched on this a couple weeks ago in our in our locked it, lockout episode. And I think at the time, Rob, it was they were fighting for three teams to get, which you and I were kind of like brushing that away. Like, that's not really doing things. No, it's they, stupid. They agreed on time. six, which which is a little more reasonable. I still think that they could have been in the eight to ten range, but you know, six is better than three. So hey, we'll take it. Maybe I the guess. next, you know, CBA it'll jump. But I think I said twelve, if I remember right. Like I, I, I think got you really, did. I got, Maybe I got really 14. high with that. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I was in the eight to ten range. Bring um, in the ping you know, pong balls. 
basically, yeah. I mean, if you're in the bottom six, uh, you're going to get a shot at least at that first overall pick, which, you know, the MLB draft, you know, it's 20 rounds. Um, you know, it's, it's not, it, the MLB draft is not to the level of extent that it is, you know, in other sports. I mean, that's a fact. Um, but this makes it interesting for, you know, those bottom six teams that they can have a shot at getting that number one guy coming out of high, high school or college. So um, do we have any thoughts on the draft lottery or do we want to move on from that as well? I'm fine with either. I don't care. Well, I Steven, think the significance think? of the draft, yeah, the significance of the draft in baseball is like way less. And I know you guys have talked about it on the show because, you know, guys get drafted on draft night and, you know, they you you see them, you know, with the jersey and the commissioner and then they like die for three years and you don't see them again. <laughs> um, it's but, true. I mean, <laughs> you don't see them again until like a, a lot longer and then all of a sudden they like have beards and stuff and they're like all, you know, jacked. But um 20 rounds that's cool the sixth lottery i mean i i like jason stark's idea where he said that you know maybe teams that just make that just miss the playoffs you know it could be that order so it could be like if we're talking about last yeah the reverse that would be interesting but then again you know there's there's always teams that you wonder like what's the the best possible scenario to where you don't have any teams trying to lose you know so i think a lottery is just that and uh, i think it makes a lot of sense and i i like the addition well we'll we'll get to talking about getting more teams not to lose in a second um hey but, doug doug w- yes, one, question, one question one question weren't i'm going back to the nba again weren't the bulls like <laughs> a game out of the playoffs and they got in the lottery and that was the year they got Derek rose and won <laughs> Oh man, I'm not sure. I'd have to look that up. Uh, yeah, which was what 2008. I think so because they barely missed the playoffs and they were like a long shot in the lottery. And they got they got Derrick Rose. They won the lottery. Yeah, because you get 14 in that. But Stephen, I don't know if you. I mean, you know a lot about sports, but basically, if you don't if you don't make the NBA playoffs, you're, you're in that lottery. You're in the lottery. You are. So I mean, you could. Yeah, you could go. 38 and 44 and just miss out in the postseason and it's it's unlikely to get the number one overall pick but you know you could find yourself in the four or five area and get a really solid top five pick so um i that does make things interesting i'm hoping yeah, that uh you know this is a game similar to that yeah so uh we'll see uh the last two main topics here i'm kind of glad these are listed last because these are like really the more exciting you know, this is going to affect on the field stuff. Um, and we'll start with the universal DH. We've known this one for, you know, unofficially, we've had an idea maybe for about a year that, hey, this is going to happen. Um, and then even a couple of weeks ago, when things were starting to make progress in these negotiations, that um, both sides, you know, the union, the players union and the owners agreed on a universal DH. Well, it's happening and it's happening now. Um, there will be a universal designated hitter and we'll see one at Oracle park 81 times this year. Um, I know, I, I guess I'll, I'll start this one. I, I used to be anti DH. I used to be, you know, Hey, I want to see pitchers hit. I want to see managers manage, especially when it comes to pinch hitting responsibilities late in games. I just thought the, the strategic, um, ordinance of baseball was 
was good to you that way. And if you know what, you go to an American League park, you have a DH, but they come to you and the pitcher's got to hit, whatever. It's a good balance. And then 2020 came along and they had the 60 game year and they experimented with it. And man, I'll tell you what, my thoughts probably about 30, 40 games into that 60 game season switched very quickly because I saw the benefit of it. And guys like Wilmer Flores that year, or even Austin Slater when he wasn't in the outfield, but there was, you know, a lefty on the mound, the designated hitter for me, um, I'm glad this is happening now. And it opens up so many opportunities for more guys who are just DHs or are, you know, primarily designated hitters, you know, Nelson Cruz, Kyle Schwarber, those guys just have, you know, 15 more opportunities in this game to find a spot to play. And so um, I'm, I'm super excited about this. I know my buddy, you know, Rob knows he's been on the show. Josh Ferris, tell me for years, dude, you want the DH, you need the DH, it, it, you know, we need it, blah, blah, blah. Shut up, dude. No, we don't No, I'm excited about this now. Um, so what are you guys thoughts on the universal DH happening right now? Go ahead, Steven. I, so I just like you kind of echo what you just said about, you know, I used to be very indifferent to it, uh, not against it, um, but very indifferent. And I, I enjoyed watching pitchers hit home runs. Uh, but I think the argument that says, you know, well, with the DH now in both leagues, you know, we don't get to see pitchers that rake. But here's a newsflash pitchers don't rake. Okay. Even the good hitting pitchers aren't good, they're just not. Uh, and that's not even the only thing that, that I like, I've grown to understand that pitchers up until the big leagues don't hit either. So like there's guys in high school that don't hit that pitch PO, you know, there's guys, then they move up to college. They don't hit in college minor leagues. They don't hit. So why all of a sudden at the highest level of baseball, you're going to make them hit when they haven't hit since they were 12 years old. Great I mean, point. it's crazy. And I think a good thing about it is we're fighting to get starting pitching back to relevancy. And I think it could be done. I honestly think it could be done. And I think this is a huge way to pave the way for, uh, for starting the pitching to be back because now you don't have to make that pinch hit decision in the fifth inning. You know, when a guy's rolling, it's a, you know, granted, this isn't going to solve it all. That's just the managerial style. There's still going to be guys that are going to take out pitchers with 75 pitches who are perfect, but it eliminates that pinch hit opportunity in the fifth inning. And frankly, you don't have to make a decision to go to your bullpen so early. So that's huge for me. And honestly, I'm on the train to get starting pitching more relevant. And I know it's, it's kind of a, uh, uh, indirect, um, kind of an indirect outcome on how it will affect pitching. And also like Doug said, yeah, you know, move that DH spot around, you know, give a guy a break. If you're the giants, you could put Wilmer Flores there, you know, Evan Longoria's, you know, if he's got really heavy feet, you know, put him at a DH. So I think it's, it's super important. And uh, I, I definitely like the addition for, for those reasons. Rob thoughts on DH, man. Uh, thoughts on the DH. Uh, I got to let it be known back in 2017, went to the Giants A's game at the Oakland Coliseum. And it was the game where Bochi said, screw the DH. I'm letting Bumgarner hit. And he, <laughs> I, <laughs> I was there and it was, a, I believe it was the first time in MLB history where 
a National League team said no to the DH, and we're going to let yeah. our pitcher hit. And he had two doubles that night. The Giants won like six to one. It was a great night. And I, I we was don't need no DH. Yeah, I was flexed all, all over that stadium. It was great. But <laughs> yeah, you know, outside outside of of the fact that you know I don't like now that pitchers can are going to be able to buzz hitters and not have to ever stand in the box and p- potentially pay for it. <laughs> outside of that, I think this is. This is the right move for the game. Yeah, like you were saying, Doug, you know, this opens up the door for guys like Nelson Cruz, Kyle Schwarber. Hell, dude, this extends – this is going to be a little fan service here. This extends Pablo Sandoval's career for like three or four years. It, it truly does. Guys like that. So I think after all, all this time, we're, we're ready to move on from Bunning – you know, all the time and we're ready to move on from pitchers who rake, you know, yeah. Gi- Gi- Giants fans, Bumgarner and Matt Kane, they're gone. You know, Logan Webb's home run on game, game 162 last year. That was great, but it's time to, it's time to move on. Gone. Yeah. It's gone. I, yeah. I can't do Kype justice. Gone. So <laughs> yeah. Or Dave Fleming for that matter. But yeah, great, great for the game. They're all about, you know, making more more runs, making the games more exciting now. And the the only down part of it really is what does this differentiate or how does the NL and the AL differentiate? Now I mean it's it's the same stuff. It's just like the the NBA and the NFL. It's like there's nothing really different between the two leagues now. So I was kind of seeing this as maybe a opportunity in the next couple of years and maybe start realigning divisions, getting the mm. A, getting the A's, Angels, Dodgers, Giants, <laughs> and Padres in one division and kind of ignite new rivalries. And like, cause we'll, and same thing with like the, the Mets and the Yankees and California like that. division. Yes. And California. And cause <laughs> they make a big deal about like the Bay Bridge series, the subway series, the uh, the freeway series with the Angels and the, and the Dodgers. Yeah. Now now that there's no DH, you know what's stopping Major League Baseball from? Hey, let's promote these rivalries not just six times a year, but let's make it a real ri- rivalry to eight eighteen to nineteen times a year. So I think now I'm not saying that's going to happen next year or the year after, but I think this that's a good opens, point. This opens up a new realm of possibilities for baseball. Yeah. So I think it's the right move. That's a great point. I'd never even thought about that. Um, and you heard it here first on the Say Hey podcast. Thanks, Rob. Uh, no, <laughs> you know, it, I, I, I just want to say this kind of as like a disclaimer. It, you know, our thoughts are our own. You know, we're not trying to persuade anybody into like, this is the right way, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, I can speak for Rob and I. We've been best friends since 1995. You know, we've grown up loving loving the San Francisco Giants together. We share a lot of the same, you know, feelings towards the game. We love, you know, we both love the game no matter what. And I just think the DH is a great example for us. Now, if you if you, if you don't like it at right now, that's fine. But just give it a chance. Because I know we had some people commenting here on Facebook on Giants Chatter earlier. They, you know, like they're upset, especially blah, 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 shift, universal DH, stuff like that. And I get that. I get that. There's no issues, you know, uh, being frustrated. 
um, with those kinds of things, but just be open-minded to it because let's just, what if it makes the game better? Like, you know, we think that it will, um, but just be open-minded to it because, you know, this is a game that we love and we want to see continue grow and get better. And especially for, you know, our younger generation who there's a big disconnect with today's kids um, as a whole and major league baseball. And, you know, um, I can't fault, you know, the owners and players for trying to, um, you know, bridge that gap. And so I, I think that's very important. And, you know, if in the next five years it's whatever, and we feel like, Hey, we should go back to pitchers. Then, you know, it may happen. Um, pitchers, hit, but it, it may happen, but I doubt it. I think this will be successful moving forward, um, for the game. So just be open-minded to it. Um, the last big topic, this one's exciting. Um, is the 12 team expanded postseason? Now, uh, another thing Rob and I touched on a couple weeks ago, I was okay with the 10, but I said I'm I am cool with the 10 to 12. Rob, you said you wanted like 12 to 14, right? Like you wanted as many teams in as possible. Is that correct? Yeah, I wanted to kind of just <laughs> break it open, you know, open Pandora's box and let's just get, you know, let's let's speed things up, you know, let's make uh playoff baseball kind of be the be all end all and let's kind of cut through the bullshit of the, of the regular season but I'm, I'm okay with 12 i don't need 14 i'm okay i'm okay with 12 yeah, yeah participate participation trophy you rob no you know me like you know <laughs> I, i'm all about coming in 13th so yeah <laughs> okay so i really like the 10 i like the current format it's what I grew up with. I love it. I like, you know, it's easier to follow 12, I think is doable too, but I would not ever go more than 12. I would never get to the point where 14 teams are making the playoffs. And that's like one less team than half the league. That is the, and plus I I'm fine with postseason expansion as long as it does not ruin a division title. Okay, because if you win the division and you're playing, you know, you're you're you're, you don't have a buy in that first round, then why are you you know, what's the point of a division at that point? Then make no divisions and just put National League American League and then, you know, put the top um, put the top uh, six teams in each. Yeah, that's that's a way to do it. Like a Um, conference. (laughs) Yeah, a conference. Exactly. Yep. Um, But if if we're not making sure that those division winners get incentivized, then what are we doing? Why do we even yeah. have them? Like there's no, literally no point it besides rivalries, which, you know, rivalries need pennant races to become rivalries. So if there's no pennant races, there's no more rivalries. So that's just the easy, you know, then I don't know. I like the 10. I don't think it should ever get to 14. I, the one thing that I will say is that I do understand the point that it does get more fan bases involved come the end of the year. I understand that, but at the end of the, at the end of the day, you can't discredit division winners. And if they could find a way to do that with 12, or if they could find a way to not um, discredit division winners with 12 teams, then do it. But I do not want to see the first place, you know, say San Francisco giants, be playing the Cincinnati Reds who barely inched their way into the playoffs oh, man. in the first Sorry. round. Sorry, Reds fans. <laughs> hey, F Ohio. Anyways, um, you know what? 
I have a couple. I have a couple thoughts on this. One, Ohio's a real state. What? Okay, it's the fifty-first best in the union. One, um, you know, I, I'm okay with twelve teams, and and here's why. Uh, you know, I I think if you factor in with this the ten that we've had these last few years, um, I, I am curious to see how they're going to format this. I don't think anybody knows how they're going to do the twelve yet. I mean, we can have our ideas and speculations, but. Something has to be done with they are getting rid of, and I have my pros and cons with that one game wild card because it, I, you know, it worked for the Giants a couple times. But, um, you know, why is the best record in baseball playing the second best record in baseball in the yeah. NLDS? And we had it this year. Was it great for baseball that the Giants and Dodgers played each other? Absolutely. I don't regret a thing. I wouldn't change a thing. You know, it, it happened how it happened. Dodgers won that series, whatever. But, you know, usually more games you win, um, you know, the lesser competition you play earlier in the postseason. The other thing is, is, you know, if they were to do 14 teams, that just screams, just screams, we need less regular season games. Because if we're going to, you know, kind of just water down 162 games and let 14 in, um, you know, I, I think it kind of is just like screw the regular season and then you're going to get less viewers, less people watching and following. Um, but if we have 12, you can stick at 162. But if you're going to have 14, you better lower it to 130, 140, somewhere in there. That way um, it's, you know, more meaningful. And I had another thought and I can't freaking think of it right now. But basically the beauty of baseball, this is what it was. The beauty of baseball is you know, when's the last time we had a team in there that you thought, yeah, this team probably didn't deserve to be in the postseason. And I'll, I'll bring up Robbie's uh, comparisons of, hold on, I know you're going to say something, but of bringing up the NBA. We look at some of these eight seeds in the NBA that get in who won 37, 38 games, and they just get swept in four games in the postseason, which I know, again, us as Kings fans, I would gladly take a four-game sweep <laughs> in the NBA playoffs. Take it on the but, chin. But, you know, baseball, I feel, is the best at giving um, a variety of teams a real shot at winning. Um, but it's always pretty damn quality teams that are there. I mean, do you have – Rob, you made a face. Did you have an argument when I said, like, no, is no. there like a shit quality team that made it in? I just think baseball has the best has done the best job of making sure everybody participating in this postseason tournament is worthy of being here and has a real shot. You don't get that, you know, um variety. I can't think of the word right now. Um parody in basketball. Thank you. Parody. That's what I wanted. Yeah. In basketball or even, you know, football it happens every once in a while, <laughs> but not not as much. Baseball has done that the best. Yeah, I agree. And I was going to say, I really don't know how good the 2014 Giants were. I, you know, the, they had Madison Bumgarner and he threw like four shutouts in, in that postseason. And the Giants won the whole thing, you know, and I'm never going to regret it. I'm never going to say they, they didn't deserve it. But man, I did not think that team was capable of doing what, what they did. But no, like going back to the, like Stephen made a good point where you're kind of letting the uh, the bottom of the barrel in. You know, basically when you're doing if you if you were to to go fourteen, 
teams. My biggest, like, if I was going to push for 14 games was I think that would, you know, incentivize baseball to start the playoffs maybe in mid, mid August when nothing is going on. And I feel like that would grow baseball a little bit more because August is a bare month. There's nothing going on. Yeah. And you would have to cut the season down to like 130 games, which I was just going to say that goes along with my argument of less games. Yeah. And as as a baseball purist, I don't want to see that, but if it were to grow the game a little bit, I, I could see where they would, they would be coming from, but 12, 12 is, it is ideal, but 14 would make them push for an, an August playoff beginning with nothing else going on where they can reign supreme. And baseball, baseball hasn't done that in forever. And we just got done missing baseball when baseball wasn't even on, right? Like the lockout thing. We just got done missing like, oh, baseball's back. It's so great. But baseball, it wasn't even on. So can you imagine all of those people when the the season gets cut short, 32 games? That would be insanity. We would lose their mind. Everybody would lose their minds. The damn Pirates fans, man. You know, I saw a great (laughs) meme. this morning before just, anything was done and it said you know this lockout goes one more deadline the pirates are going to be eliminated I saw it too. <laughs> eric stingle eric stingle if, he, if he's listening that was your tweet Great that job, was money buddy. that yeah. was money um yeah so hey you know we'll, we'll get wrapping up here in a minute but those are all you know basically the the main details that got punched through and agreed upon today and I'm sure I can speak for this for for many baseball fans. We're just excited we're going to have baseball, man. It's simple and cliche, but it's true. Um, You know, I know I wanted to kind of talk about upcoming content, and I want to, Stephen, of course, have you plug yourself. Um, You know, here on Say Hey Podcast, we're going to be, you know, recording once a week per usual moving forward. Um, And we'll try and stay as consistent as as possible. Um, As some of you know, obviously – I'm going to be a father in the next few weeks. So life will be changed and very busy for me. Uh, but obviously that's going to take priority number one for me. Um, but I will do my best to uh, stay as involved as much as possible and um, keep recording. But, uh, you know, we'll we'll get that all figured out. But Stephen, uh, kind of plug yourself. Stephen obviously is the host of Rizzo Cast, fantastic baseball-based podcast. And also writes for SF Bay. So how, how are things going on your end of the podcast and writing world? Yeah, things are going to be going pretty good. You know, obviously, uh, as you just mentioned, I'm going to become an uncle. Uh, Rob and I will be becoming <laughs> uncles. Uh, so that, Damn that's, right. That's Thanks, definitely, guys. And I will be very disappointed if I don't get that uh, text that I'm going to be a godfather. If that doesn't happen, I might uh, quit everything and, you know, do something <laughs> to where i don't have to associate myself with doug but um <laughs> no everything's really, everything's going good uh sf bay i'll be back for the 2022 season uh super pumped about that we get inside access we will be allowed in the clubhouse yes um which is which is awesome can't wait for that um and then on rizzo cast uh episode 100's coming up two more episodes um I'll be uh, putting out an episode on uh, – I've been doing a series. I've been slowly rolling it out uh, on the journey of a baseball fan, uh, interviewing some baseball fans, a few per episode. And um, 
I have an episode of that coming out. And then of course, episode number 99 is going to be out soon. And then I got, I still don't know what I'm doing for 100. So stay tuned, but that's, that's what's happening with me. And, uh, uh, you know, Doug can't wait to go tuxedo shopping for that uh, baptism. (laughs) Thanks buddy. I appreciate that. No, exciting times in life, but, and in baseball as well. Um, you know, and, and before we get out of here, just want to say, I was hoping that something would break during our our stream, our recording here tonight, because, you know, the next the urgency, the urgency. I mean, games are will be games will be played in a week or so, like either Thursday or Friday next week. Spring training games will be played. So there's going to be a fury of free agent signings and trades going down in these next few days, likely like this weekend may be um, an all time weekend for baseball. And uh, just because of guys going to new teams, a lot of moves, um, obviously the Giants, you know, with the amount of financial flexibility they have right now, um, you know, do they go get a right-handed outfield bat, say a Suzuki? Do they go get another starter like a Carlos Rodon? You know, do they bring back Chris Bryant? There's so many what-ifs that, you know, we'll have to find out in the next week or two. Um just super stoked for baseball right now. Just glad it's back. Even if it's not perfect, it's back. It's back. And congrats again, Doug. You know, being being a father, that's pretty awesome. And thanks. Congrats. Man. Congrats, Rob, on the new car purchase. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Inside joke. Yeah. Great. Actually, yeah, my <laughs> my car did get busted into last weekend, but yeah, that, that's a different story. Damn. Way yeah. to what a way to end the episode. Thanks, Steven. Yeah, and, and that's actually a true story. <laughs> Crypto. All right, guys, we'll get uh, we'll get going. Episode seventy one will be out next week. Obviously, Rob and I'll be back at it. But um, for episode seventy, thanks for joining us, Giants Chatter. Thanks for joining us live in our Facebook group and on Twitter. For say hey, Doug. For we'll call him say hey, Stephen, and say hey, Rob. <laughs> Go Giants! When the Giants come to town. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.